I mean, I'm a creative director. You know, I see big picture and I see all things, but they're like, well, you know, you've got like seven ladders to climb in order to get to that position. It doesn't make any sense. So I think just about trusting both your gut and trusting yourself to really keep pushing forward in what you're doing and, and just keep believing in that. And, and just as we talked about, like that can look like different things. And sometimes, oftentimes, maybe more often than not, it's about finding out what you don't want to do and being like, well, that, okay, so that, that's crossed off the list, but I, I really love this little part of it. So let me try to keep moving in that. Welcome to the Sky Society podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, pancake lover, wine addict, and founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome back to the Sky Society podcast. Today we are having on Kirsten Ludwig, the founder of In Good Co. Kirsten um, is founder of Good Co., which is a culture conscious brand consultancy and creative studio. She is a life cycle marketer with 20 years of experience and has inspired brands such as Uniqlo, Anthropology, Ralph Lauren, Google, Nike, and Starbucks. The list goes on and on. Um, welcome, Kirsten. We are thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. It's great to be here. excited. Thank you. We are so excited too. So I, so much to jump in about what you're doing with In Good Co, but I kind of want to, as always, we like to start a little bit back at the beginning. So before, before founding your company, you've done creative work at a dozen or so companies. Um, Like looking at your LinkedIn, your resume is quite impressive to say the least. Um, So, I mean, there's so much to go through there, but can you maybe share with us some of the highlights of your career that led you to where you are today? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think much of my career was on the brand side of things. And then I moved to the agency side of things. I think being on the brand side just gives you great perspective. You know, you're a part of the team, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, and I think it's been amazing. I think for me, um, the highlights are really about kind of around team and culture. I think, you know, coming in and being able to change and ultimately coming into teams that weren't empowered, create an empowered team, coming in and really elevating the brand. I think that's been a big part. And then ultimately creating an inspired culture. So I think having that impact internally and externally for me have really been the highlights. Talk to us a little bit more about that. So you're saying, I mean, you're going in and, and to kind of um, to elevate these brands and you're doing it with the people that are that are working at the company, which I think is a really interesting approach. Can you maybe share a little bit more about how you sure. do that? Sure. So, you know, I, there's one one company in particular that I came in and it was an was a great creative team, but they almost didn't have a voice. They had people kind of sitting behind them and really art directing and getting very directional and kind of telling them how to execute, but they didn't have a voice in themselves to say like, this is what we want to do, or let's create this, but yet they were great creative people. So it was kind of just coming in and really both, I think, um, giving them, giving them the runway, giving them the voice, giving them the opportunity in meetings, kind of pushing for them to do the work and then kind of being the conduit to present that to leadership. Um, really, I think it was, it's a mix of confidence in, you know, in their abilities and then within leadership kind of pushing through to that to say like, Hey, you know, this team really has an ability and, and showing them what, what they can do. I, I love that. How empowering them to kind of be able to, to share their own ideas and have it be more of a group effort. Um, sure. 
Uh, one of the other things that you had mentioned to me before and something that we talk about constantly on this podcast is faking it till you make it, especially since most of our listeners are young and they're new in their career. There's definitely lots of lots of situations and they and their job where they just kind of have to to you know fake it till they make it. So can you share with us uh, one of your biggest fake it till you make it moments in your career? Um, biggest fake it till I make it. I mean, I think the biggest fake it to make it in my life has been having children for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. No, no, no idea what you're doing and nobody does. But I think in everything, um, in everything I've done, I've kind of been fortunate to work for kind of some bigger companies like American Eagle and Anthropology and Ralph Lauren, but my role has always been somewhat entrepreneurial. So I think I've kind of been going in and creating that. And I think there was, there was an ease in doing that because there was literally no rule book because it hadn't been created before. Um, so I think there was an opportunity just to go in and, and create something for the first time. But I think getting really specific, I think things like, you know, art directing a photo shoot and pulling together the specifics of the creative of what that actually takes. Nobody really sits down with you and goes, okay, this is art direction. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. They just kind of say, okay, well, we've got a photo shoot, you need to execute it. And then you kind of figure out, oh, I've got to get a photographer and this is how I need to articulate my vision. And then, you know, when you're on set and kind of pulling together all of those um, types of elements just comes from, from, I think your understanding of how you would want something visually conveyed, um, conveyed to you and really trying to do that. And I think that's much in the creative world there's very little, um, other than like maybe very specific graphic design that you learn in school, there's very little um, direction or lessons or teaching around this is actually how you do something. So I think you kind of just have to jump in and be like, okay, well, this part's been explained to me, but this entire part hasn't, so I'm going to figure it out. What advice do you have for someone who's really interested in this field and wants to work in the creative marketing side of things, but uh, maybe is kind of nervous. Like I don't have experience. No one's taught me this. Like how can they, how can they approach their career in, in different roles? Um, I mean, I think you just have to go in and, and try. And I think you just have to, um, you know, somewhat have the confidence, but also, um, you know, the, the humbleness to really know, Hey, maybe I don't know this, but I, I believe in myself and I'm going to ask lots of questions. I think that's, that's a really big one. I don't think I asked enough questions. Um, when I was kind of coming up and I encourage everybody on my teams to just like ask a ton of questions. You don't know something because there's no reason you should know it because you either haven't done it or more likely haven't been taught it. So I think asking lots of questions and I think just jumping in and trying, you know, I think if you're a capable human and you have an excitement and a passion for something, you're going to be able to figure it out and you may figure it out in a very different way than I would figure it out, but it doesn't mean one is better or worse. They're just kind of different interpretations. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I, I love too what you're saying about questions because you're afraid to ask a question because you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm less smart. I don't want to feel like I don't know it. So I'm just going to pretend. And it's kind of that fine line between, yes, you want to fake it till you make it, but you also don't want to be like dumb and then not get resources that are readily available to you because you're like, oh, I just have to fake it all the way. Um, you kind of have to like first take in all the help you can. And then once you have all of that and then you fake it for like the rest of it. Um, so I think that's an important step. Some people totally. forget. Yeah. And you realize, you know, I think you realize as you grow in your position and you get more senior, you realize actually the person asking the question is the most senior person in the room. It's not the person who knows the answers. And, and, and I think that realization and that confidence 
just comes from being there, but it's almost like, oh, you've just reversed the entire thing. So the person asking all the questions is really kind of the most, uh, in my opinion, kind of senior, senior thought leader in that space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on this, on this topic of kind of, uh, um, for like new people or, or your hires trying to, to get their foot in the door in the creative field, you particularly are known for having a great eye for talent and putting together outstanding creative teams. So what are you looking for in new hires? And do you have any advice for young women right now looking for work? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the really interesting things now of this time, and I try my best to, you know, anybody that reaches out and do time kind of connect with them and have a conversation. And I'm always kind of open to do that. Um, I think it's just about, you know, at this point you can kind of reach anybody, right? We can, we can reach anybody through LinkedIn and Google and kind of figuring it out. You can get anybody's information. And so I think do that, but realize, you know, there's a human on the other end and they're probably very busy. And it's about more than anything, kind of cutting through to take your passion and your inspiration for what you want to do with them or a role there or whatever it might be and trying to convey that. So I think going beyond the standard, hey, you know, love your company, here's my resume, but doing something that's, you know, a bit outside of that thinking and that makes you kind of stand out in a very heartfelt and honest and true way, um, I I think is to me the things that stand out, the people that have reached out to me and the things that kind of have, have stood out, you know put your resume on a skateboard or do whatever it is that's, you know, going to be something that's going to be a little bit different and also speaks to both who you are and also, you know, in a very connected way to whatever opportunity you're looking for. Especially right now with COVID and how you look on any job application on Indeed and it has like 200 applicants, uh, all of those look the same when they're just a resume and a cover letter. So figuring out ways to differentiate yourself is more important now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just reach out to somebody to talk to them, you know, Hey, I like your advice or I'd like 10 minutes or I'd like, you know, I think um, generally, I think good people will connect to that. And honestly, if they're not going to respond in due time, then I think they're probably an a-hole that you probably don't want to work with anyway. So there you go. Perfect way to look at it. If you get rejected, you don't want them anyway. So on, on, on career discovery, you'd mentioned to me before that you feel like career discovery is more about finding what you don't want to do more than it is about finding what you want to do. Uh, so can you talk to us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not to be kind of a Debbie Downer because I'm a super optimistic kind of inspired person. So I think it's always about, you know, I'm stoked off of this or I'm excited about this or I, I see kind of the the um, passion points and the excited pieces, but I think really looking back, you know, I think we come out of school and we go, you know, our major is so important of what we do and it's gonna connect us. We want that first job to be amazing and to be everything. And just the reality is it's not, our careers like our lives are kind of the self-discovery and you kind of have to go through. And again, much like life, like the parts that are the hardest are where you learn the most. And so going in and being like, and I, and that's, you know, so much of where I am now and what I'm doing now is a culmination of the experiences that I've had. And and I've learned so many more lessons in the negative spots, unfortunately, than I have in the positive spots. And I think that's just kind of the reality and don't be afraid of that. I think it's about trying this, trying that and being like, oh, I love this 1% of it. And, you know, this one thing, but these 10 things I really don't dig and just take that in and kind of keep pulling that together to, to further and further kind of ebb and flow and figure out what you do want to be doing. And I think it can also change. You know, I think the Slashies culture is amazing because, you know, it used to be like you had to do one thing and you're going to do that forever. And, and that's completely, you know, blown away, which is great. Yeah. I, I was in a, I, my career is similar in that all of my intern, all my jobs, internships, they kind of showed me like exactly what I didn't want to do. And I, I wanted to be a lawyer and then I entered a law firm and they worked 
like crazy hours and I didn't like the work they were doing. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a lawyer. Then I wanted to be a doctor. I entered at a hospital. I was like, nope, don't want to be a doctor. And I started like very broad because I didn't even know that I wanted to come down and be into marketing. All that just kind of happened by coincidence. But the more experiences that you have, it's easier to cross out than it is to, to choose one just because so many things could fit like your could fit like these broad parameters that we set for what we like. Um, so it's easier to just kind of cross them out. Totally. That's such a good example. It's a perfect example. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's funny. It's, I, I always think it's funny how I ended up like, I don't know, doing marketing. I don't know if you ever thought you were going to do it when you were in college, but like, I, I was a finance major too. And I somehow ended up over here. <laughs> yeah. I started out in economics, which is like, anybody that knows me is like, what? What? <laughs> but I think it was more like, I, I actually knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something in fashion and kind of creative. I knew I didn't want to go to a trade school, <clears throat> but I did start out in economics. I think at the, mo- at the, at that moment, it was kind of more like international business, whatever that means, honestly. <laughs> um, and then my economics professor, I think like, you know, semester one was like, um, you're failing out. Like, maybe this isn't for you. And then I moved to the College of Communication and I was like, oh, my people. Yeah. Your this, people, this you found them. Better. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's another example of a negative experience and crossing it out and being like, I belong somewhere else. <laughs> yes. Numbers are definitely not my jam. So, so talk to us now. So now you are the founder of In Good Go. Um, tell us about how you decided. I mean, it's a huge leap to go from working at other companies to starting your own thing. Yeah. So talk to us about what that catalyst was. Yeah, I mean, I think I've had throughout my career, I've consulted for a bit. I, I um, started a photography, an emerging photography agency a while ago with a partner for a bit. So I've kind of <clears throat> dabbled in these, in these moments and these things um, and these opportunities. And I think the, it was very, very clear, you know, I'd been on the brand side much of my career. Then I moved to the agency side. I was part of an agency, <clears throat> kind of built up an agency very, very quickly, <clears throat> repositioned it, ended up selling the agency, kind of going through that entire process. And it was hyper, hyper growth. And I think from all of that, it gave me a lot of perspective to really sit back and um, for the first time, really embrace my optimism, um, really, I think, have a higher level of confidence and kind of be like what I've seen in my career has been amazing, very much believing in brand and very much believing in the partnership of what a brand internally, you're drinking the Kool-Aid and externally at agencies, they have perspective, they have cultural relevance, they have a different experience and that partnership can be really powerful. But the way I saw it being done, I I thought the the model was broken, both internally cultures at agencies typically um, are pretty harsh. You're, you're pretty kind of churned through as a creative. They're trying to get as many hours out of you as possible for as little money as possible. And you're not inspired to do the work. And then from a client perspective, it feels like you're kind of giving like X deliverable for or X amount of money for said deliverable. And it feels very transactional. It doesn't feel very collaborative. <clears throat> and the high points for me, both agency and brand side were always those collaborative moments, whether it's with my team, with an agency, executives, whatever it might be. And so really wanting to do that, create a very, very collaborative model. We work with our clients in a true partnership, what we call co-creating. We push them and they push us. And together we're coming away with something that's better than either just one of us jumping in and doing. Wow, that's incredibly unique. We've interviewed different people who have worked at agencies before and they say the same thing. You get paid nothing, you get treat, you get treated like shit and then you're expected to like work these crazy, crazy hours. Yeah. Um, but they do it because you learn a lot because you are working you know, all these crazy hours and you're getting to work with all these different brands. Um, but I love how yours is built on collaboration and going through like 
um, was looking at your mission. Um, and Goodco is like clearly built on this huge passion for purpose and uh, that the world is moving from an attention economy to an intention economy, which is a new phrase that I love and I'm definitely going to steal from you. Yes. So <laughs> how does, how does that foundation, I know you talked about a little bit that collaboration aspect, but how does kind of really having this passion for purpose and this, this greater purpose really differentiate you as a creative agency? Yeah, I mean, it's really the root of everything that we do. So everything that we do is, is born on purpose. And that's really um, peeling back the layers and understanding the why of the brand. We're selling something. There's something that we're doing. There's something that we're putting out there. But the way that we're doing it is really in the true and very authentic purpose of the brand, which is really the why of the brand. And that's, that's what we're leading with. And, and we do that because we believe in that as, as consumers ourselves and as humans ourselves. We also know, um, you know, you look at any of the research, you look at next gen, you look at everything that's happening and it's only being accelerated with COVID. People want to align themselves to brands that align with their values. And that's, that's what people want. And the reality is a brand will not be around, a company will not be around if they're not, you know, in 10 years and five years, maybe even now, if they're not leading with their purpose. And so it has to be really authentic. We don't do greenwashing, but it's really about, you know, truly good people, good brands, a, a purposeful mission and leading with that um, primarily and then saying, and here's our product, but, but you're connecting from a kind of heart to heart value driven proposition. Can you share a little bit about how you go about doing that? Like give us a little bit of a sneak peek about what your creative process looks like when you're taking on a new client or a new project. Yeah, um, we just had an amazing meeting yesterday and I'm super inspired by, um, and it was, it was kind of a, a, both a pitch and a kickoff. Um, but for us really, it starts with, um, you know, it starts with kind of a, it's from a very, very inspired place, a very inspired and very collaborative space. So all, often it's kind of a workshop, which is really kind of a guided conversation of um, talking through the brand with you know, the CEO, the CMO, kind of head of marketing, whoever those kind of leadership and um, decision makers are. And we take them through a guided conversation that's really about the brand, but about peeling back the layers. Why, 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 why are we doing this? And it talks about mission, vision, values. We talk about aesthetics of the brand, voice. And it's, it's a great way, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a very creative part of our process. It's a great way for teams to get to know each other. And it's not so much about coming up with the answers then and there, but it's about the conversation in between those things, um, the moments in between, the disagreements between leadership and, and talking about that, the conflict that appears to really authentically like get, get to the layers. So we start with kind of that collaboration piece and then we move to cultural insights. Um, for us, you know, where are we positioning the brand and why? And that's really kind of a cultural piece that we're tapped into from a trend standpoint, from a culture, from a research standpoint of what's going out there in the ethos that we think this brand and this placement is really relevant. And then within that really clarifying the audience, we think you can't really create a brand unless you, who, unless you know who you're creating that for. And so it's typically like a couple of different kind of examples of people that we'll put out there. Um, and then kind of, you know, the design thinking to do that. And then ultimately the creative input, we have kind of that foundation. So what does the brand want to look like? What does it want to sound like? What does it want to do? Wow. I, I think the, I think for me, the most important takeaway was that first you really, you're asking tons of questions, you know, just like go in and give all these recommendations say you should do this, that, that, and that first you're like, okay, I actually really want to understand what this brand is like doing and what their values are. Um, I love like the five whys too. I'm not sure if you guys do something similar. Um, I try to like do that with 
for myself with everything. <laughs> um, cause I find like the first layer is often not, not really the truth, right. You kind of have to have to peel back several times. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And we just dig really deep in our workshops and you know, that's the, that's the co-creation pieces. Nobody knows the brand better than the internal team, but we're able to kind of pull that out and then together ask those questions that, and dig a bit deeper. And that's why exactly to your point, it's the five whys. And a lot of people just go kind of surface level, but we tend to no, no, that's, we really want to know this stuff. And they're like, you want to know that? And we're like, yes, I want to know that. Do they, do you find that sometimes they didn't even know the why until you asked? Oh, for sure. Most of the time. And sometimes they'll be like, well, this is our mission. We think we have it, but then we'll kind of reimagine it because that's part of what we do is to help to think about it in a very different way. If they, if they kind of knew all those things, which a few brands do, then they don't necessarily need us, but we were able to help think in that way. And I think that's that outside expertise that when you're in it and you have that vision and you drink in the Kool-Aid, you can't see it from that perspective and you shouldn't be able to, you know, you can't see the woods through the trees. Um, and we're able to help to kind of, you know, bring that out and, and push them to think in that way, or at least push to ask the questions. And then we can then show them, oh, and this is what that could look like. Do you have a favorite client project or can you share like an example with us or a case study? Oh, there's so many. Um, I mean, there's so many. I have to say one of the things like I'm, I'm proudest of, I would say, is that we don't have any clients where we're like, oh, this is just, we're just doing this project to keep the lights on or cut this, you know, bleep a-hole person, you know, we, every, every client that we work with, we're truly connected to, we truly believe in, um, we're truly a part of. And I think that shows through both in the work that we're doing and then within the clients. Um, I would say I'm most excited about a project that we just kicked off um, actually this week um, with Zappos to, to really create um, some kind of very, very mindful, um, kind of just purposeful and like kind of forward thinking um, content that's very much about humanity. And I think putting out something where people feel seen and heard, but is still elevated from a brand standpoint, um, it's about humanity is exactly what we, what brands need to be doing at this moment. And I think there's a huge opportunity for brands to be doing that. It's not about, you know, some slick marketing campaign. It's not about doing this. It's about look at what people need. You know, it's, it's been devastating emotionally, physically, financially in so many different ways to people. And how can you as a brand, whatever it is you're selling, pulling from your why, be really connecting and putting something out there that that makes people feel seen and heard. And so we're embarking on a project to do that. And I'm, so I'm super, super jazzed about that. Oh, I, I mean, every time you even talk about a client or anything about your business, I love how you light up. Um, it's, I can tell how passionate you are about this and how much you love what you do. And I, I can only imagine like how that shines through with the work that you complete with like the passion that you have for each of these projects. So I am envious of what you are doing. Um, and I know others are probably wanting to be, I mean, look in a similar spot to where you are working in creative or maybe potentially starting their own agency one day. So what advice do you have for some who's looking to be where you are now um yeah I mean I think just just keep going I think it's just keep going and 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 I think one of the biggest things one of the biggest things that we actually do um as a team and my business partner is great at this is trust your intuition trust your gut trust your intuition like really let that guide you and I think the more you listen to it the clearer it becomes but I think just keep keep playing along. Like early on in my career, I was, a, it was very difficult for me to articulate to somebody what I did. Cause it was like, when you're, you know, kind of just starting out and you're like, no, I mean, I'm a creative director. You know, I see big picture and I see all things, but they're like, well, you know, you've got like seven ladders to climb in order to get to that position. It doesn't make any sense. So 
I think just about trusting both your gut and trusting yourself to really keep pushing forward in what you're doing and, and, um, and just keep believing in that. And, and just as we talked about, like that can look like different things. And sometimes, oftentimes, maybe more often than not, it's about finding out what you don't wanna do and being like, well, that, okay, so that, that's crossed off the list, but I, I really love this little part of it. So let me try to keep moving in that. I think questions is a, is a big part of advice that I give. Um, and then I think it's about, it's about, um, it's about people. It's about like, I'm a big, big believer in don't burn bridges. You know, I've, I've kept in touch with most everybody I've worked with and I've been super fortunate to work with very inspired people and teams and individuals. Um, but I've really kept in touch with people and you know, it's not, you never know what you can do for them, where they're going to end up, how that relationship is going to evolve. And I think, I think there's something about just putting that out there and continuing to kind of support people and continuing to stay connected. That's really meaningful. Um, as you as you kind of grow and you'll you know every industry and honestly the world you know though it's big is very small you end up seeing the same people and running into um, many of the same as you grow and develop. Thank you those are all really great pieces um, even ones that I need to remind myself to keep practicing. All right Kristen and where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Um, you can find me at weareingoodco.com and we're on Instagram as uh, Instagood Company. Perfect. Well, Kirsten, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I had a ton of fun talking to you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm going to honestly just keep checking your website for those like cool, definitely go check out in good codes to see the work that you, that they've done um, to seeing all those brand transformations is awesome. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. It's been a blast. Well, I feel 10 times smarter after talking with Kirsten and I hope you feel the same way too. And if that's the case, please let us know in the reviews. Also follow us on Instagram at skysociety.co for some extra goodie and exclusives on there. And that is it for this week. And I will see you all in a couple of days with another dreamy guest.